Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, driving man. And uh, you have been a driving man today. I have been, yeah. I've already driven four and a half hours? thousand miles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, four and a half hours. Uh, we're recording from Sheffield. We're, in, uh, we're at Celluloid Screams. Yeah, for uh, date stamp purposes, it's around about two o'clock on Friday. So if you've been paying attention, you'll know that we are just off the back of having done the live show. It finished literally an hour ago. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think it went okay. Yeah, I think it did go okay. And you will be hearing about that very soon indeed. Very soon. Yeah. So yeah, you may notice that the uh, episode does sound a little bit different today. It's because we're currently uh, live from the room where we recorded it. And also there's quite a lot of ambient noise outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. We could probably reach out and have our arms lopped off by a passing truck. <laughs> so, Except um, for the fact that we're about two stories up. Uh, so you may have to bear with us a little bit on that one. But how have you been this week, sir? I've been okay. Um, I've got to be honest, straight out the gate, I haven't had much time to watch stuff. That's all right. Um, I'm still, though, I'm still kind of sleepily working my way through X-Files. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, um, nothing new to report really at this point. Although I'm now at the point where David Duchovny is gone and Robert Patrick is in his stead. Oh, I don't know if I actually knew that that happened. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know yeah, if oh I didn't. I. I don't know if I knew that that was an era of X Files. I'm sure, sure I was yeah, aware. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, David Duchovny went. I see. I see. I am. Uh, I have a couple of things. Well, um, yeah, you might have something. Uh, speaking of Robert Patrick. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously. So yeah, we're at Silo Screams, and as it stands right now, at the time of going to press, uh, there was last night. Um, so we had girl on the third floor uh, closed uh, closed the night last night, which obviously I've talked about a decent amount. Uh, saw it at Fright Fest, really like it. Uh, Travis Stevens' directorial sure. debut, it's mm-hmm. great. Uh, opening the festival this year was a big one for me. Anyone that listens regularly will know that I'm a big uh, Richard Bates Jr. fan. Sure. And his new film, uh, Tone Deaf, opened proceedings last night, starring, as you correctly said, Robert Patrick. And Amanda Crew. And Amanda Crew, yeah. I uh, I like this quite a bit. Okay. So basically, what, what you have here is um, a kind of a woman who kind of she's gone through a whole bunch of kind of personal stuff and just basically heads out to the country to kind of decompress a little bit. She kind of runs into Robert Patrick and it kind of unfolds and degenerates from there. Um, yeah, I like this a decent amount. It's kind of it's kind of difficult to describe exactly what my kind of issues with it were. It's like because I'm a big fan of his work, as you know. Sure, yeah. And um, I, like this, I would say it's. I probably preferred it to Suburban Gothic, which I feel like I give too hard a time because I like his other two films so much because Suburban Gothic's a fine film. Yeah. Um, Excision and Trashfire are two of my favorites, full stop. Um, and I would say that th- this sits somewhere in the middle for me. I think also that it's the first time that one of his, I think it feels just a little bit pleased with itself. Smug. Yeah, slightly. Oh. I don't know. Maybe it was just a bit, like it's, it was kind of like a very fresh reaction. And I think that I definitely will watch it again because uh, I've got a real interest in uh, Richard Bates Jr.'s output. But yeah, I think it was pretty good. Played pretty well with the crowd in general. Like I think like it right. went over yeah. pretty nicely. Um, and lots of good stuff coming today. I'm currently uh, sitting out on uh, the Golden Glove. Um, which, for as curious as I am about it, I'm quite glad that I'm not fresh from a live show and watching something that bleak. Yeah, because it's stepping in for Harpoon, which was originally on the lineup. Yeah, and on a day that's kind of very, very light. 
yeah. tone wise. I think it's a it's a very heavy start to the day. So um, except for Antrim, the most dangerous film ever made. Yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, so there was tone deaf last night. Elsewhere though, I did um, I jumped onto Netflix and uh, for once in my life, I took some of my own advice and watched something that I'd mentioned in the streaming platform stuff from just lately. Right. Um, so I watched the new Netflix edition, uh, Fractured. Fractured. Now you've talked about this on the minisode before, yeah. Aye. Right. So I think yeah. it was it was, either last week, it was either last week or the week before. It's directed by Brad Anderson, who uh, has previously made The Machinist in Session Nine. So session Nine's fucking amazing. Yeah, I also really like The Machinist. So that was enough of a curiosity to kind of see me through. Right. So what you have here, you've got a guy, uh, Ray, uh, played by Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington from garbage films such as Avatar, Clash of the Titans, and Terminator Salvation. Uh, yes. Yeah. This is not <laughs> a garbage film, and he's doing okay work as well. Um, what I would say is the opening scene to this is brilliant. Okay. So you've got um, so it's it's a, a husband, a wife, his wife Joanne, and their daughter Perry. Um, like who's, Perry Mason. Who's <laughs> short for Periwinkle. <laughs> is it really? Yep, genuinely. Oh. Um, uh, so they're in a car. Um, the the kid, the kid. I'm really bad at it, gauging the age of children, but I'd say like oh, yeah. I guess like five or six. I'm wrong. He's younger. Anyway, yeah, like my 14 um, year old son at home. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, um yeah, but like they're having this kind of like this very tense car journey, and I think that like it sells how incredibly stressful managing an argument while your kids acting up must be and all that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and uh, and it ends with like an it, so the, the the opening scene takes ages and it culminates in an accident, which right. I won't say too much more about. And basically, um, he has to rush the kid to the hospital, and uh, he uh, they go there, they meet a doctor, the kid goes down for a CT scan, and he doesn't see them again. And it's about him trying to figure that out. This film is maddening in a way that is very deliberate. You're supposed to feel the same frustration that he does, and it absolutely succeeds in doing that. Right. It doesn't work all the way for me, but it's a really interesting film, I think. I, but I think that people will conflate it being a bad film with it being a film that annoys them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's designed to rankle with you, and I think it's designed to make you uncomfortable and put you in his shoes a bit. Right. Some people will not like that feeling. And I think that people will say that it's bad for that reason. Okay. Also, other people will just think it's shite, which is legitimate. But I, but I quite enjoyed it. I like I said, I, I had an idea of what I thought the ending was going to be after about twenty minutes, and I was only narrowly wrong. Is the only thing I would say. But I, I, I I'd like. So if you figure out the ending, it's terribly predictable. <laughs> As yeah, that's that's that's. It's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's but it's 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 pretty good. Like I, I it's I understand that I'm not bursting with praise here but it's 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 pretty interesting i think that of the kind of like some of the kind of thrillers and things that have been added to netflix lately it's one of the more interesting ones that i've seen and it looks great as well. all right yeah cool. um so yeah no i was i was, I was quite keen on that and um uh, dutifully i am sticking with creep show on shadow <laughs> as well <laughs> so we're now episode four five uh we're episode five now so uh both i know I, I did say i want to just clear this up quickly i did say that uh, this week had sections directed by uh, John Harrison and uh, Tom Savini. Yes. I was given wrong information there. I was using the episode list from the Creepshow TV series Wikipedia page, which was wrong. <laughs> uh, Fuck you. So we have two sections here, both directed by John Harrison. Right, okay. Uh, one of which is Night of the Paw, uh, which uh, involves a woman waking up in an unfamiliar location. Uh, she thinks that she's being held hostage. She wakes up, she's missing two of her fingers, and she thinks that she's being held captive by someone. She goes and kind of interrogates them about it. There is more to it than that. Is it the two fingers that, if they were missing, would mean that you had a permanent devil horns? Unfortunately not. No, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pinky and the one next to pinky. Right, sure, sure. Um, but it's but you could still work a pencil. 
Yeah, ah, sure. you could do. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. The three fingers left that you need to write. Um, so it's a curse of the monkey's paw story. Okay. And my first instinct was, um, I don't want any more of these, <laughs> unless you unless you're doing something really fresh with it. And um, it's basically a large chunk of this because she sits down with this guy who, like I say, she mistakes for being a kidnapper or a captor. Uh, they talk about something, and most of the segment is this long form flashback uh, that involves a monkey's paw and this guy's dead wife. Right. I didn't care for it. It didn't necessarily do a massive amount wrong. I just never started caring. Is this coming from a monkey's paw fatigue or was it genuinely not that great? <laughs> uh, I just I just wasn't fond of it. I mean, like, I, mean, like I'm, I'm, I was, I'm open to the idea of more monkey paw stuff if it's done um, with a bit of ingenuity. And I think that there's an earnest attempt to do that, but it just doesn't necessarily track all the way okay. um, for me. So I wasn't mad about that section. It's also it's quite a long segment as well. I think that like it's normally split around about 20 minutes each. And it, this was like, I think that the, the second segment is only about 12 minutes, right. um, which was uh, times is tough in a musky holler. Sorry. Times is tough in musky holler. Right. Uh, which uh, has David Arquette in it. Oh. Um, uh, as we've said before, former WCW champion, yes, David Arquette. Yes, his most famous credit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, not doing great work here alongside basically everyone else. So what you have here is a former mayor of a town uh, in a prison cell and uh, alongside a bunch of other people. And you basically understand that he has been kind of like ruling kind of quite tyrannically for quite some time, him and his kind of cronies, and it's basically this town kind of like revolting against that. Right. Hated it. Oh. Really, really hated it. Just, um, I, I thought that it looked cheap. I thought performances were mostly really bad. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like, you know that thing where like, performances are hammed up in a way that you kind of, you, you kind of mentally think that they're going for something that's really hyper real. Right. And it's not that. Like I tried to make that concession in my head and eventually I was like, that's not what this is. Maybe yearn for another Monkey's Paw film. You know what, honestly. Yeah, come back, Monkey's Paw, always forgiven. Um, no, I, so yeah, I, I really wasn't mad about this. I think it was actually, like, on the whole, I mean, I think it was, like, after a while where I kind of felt like it was starting to find its feet a little bit, I continue to just really have a fight on my hands with Creepshow. Um, oh, yeah. Next week is the last one. Oh, okay. Um, and it finishes, so it finishes in Halloween, and you've got uh, segments then from uh, Tom Savini and Roxanne Benjamin. Sure. Uh, which 100% has to be right because by process of elimination they're the only stories that are left um, so um, so I will watch that because I do like Tom Savini and I do like Roxanne Benjamin yeah I'm not I, a big fan of Tom Savini's directorial output though I guess not um, with the exception I suppose of the remake of Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is pretty great in my book but uh, yeah any other little segments I've seen him do in other anthologies I've not been massively won over with yeah we'll see how this goes because so, like, the last one's coming on Halloween so I'll, I'll, I'll get that watch for next week and all that means it'll be, uh, when the episode drops this week, I'll be another year older. You will indeed. Yes, you will. That's Crikey. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, so that's about it with the one obvious exception. Yeah. And I think this is number 90. Yeah, 10 um, left. Yeah, 10 to go. Um, we're going to need to go through the remaining list, actually, so you can pick what the conclusion one is. Actually, also, I just want to say that um, we're getting to a point where some of these are quite tricky to get hold of legally. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna. I will endeavour to yes. get one a week. Yes, but, yes, um, yes. That may be an obstruction to that. Um, this week though, Peepin' Tom. Yeah, Michael Powell, 1960. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, we like this. We like this. Uh, very satisfying slow burn. You can very obviously see the kind of things like it, it's the like the lineage of its influence is very obvious. Yeah, to find footage stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
and also kind of like things like Maniac, Maniac, stuff like that. and stuff. Yet, yeah, so. like um, uh, yeah, like, there's a lot. Like I think that like one thing that I think this process has done for me in a in a way that I think is really good is that I I totally had a subconscious pushback to like slow burn things that are older than maybe like 30 years. Right, right, um, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that like, because I've watched certain things for this purpose, I feel like I'm, that's kind of like the ice has melted a bit with me and that. Right, okay. Um, which I think is actually like a really valuable thing. Broadening your horizons. Yeah, which was, your the, mind. was the point of the exercise yeah. from the beginning. So yeah, Peep and Tom this week. Um, but yeah, at some point soon, I'll run, I'll run through the remaining 10. In fact, you want to know what the remaining 10 are? If you've got them. I, I, I should have that to hand. Uh, so we've got Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, uh, right, okay. Uh, Cemetery Man. Right. Uh, Delamorte, Delamore. Yes, the very same. The Exorcist 3. Mm-hmm. The Haunting. Mm-hmm. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The Donald Sutherland one. I believe so, yeah. Um, right. The Monster Squad. <laughs> uh, Near Dark. Right. Nightbreed, Possession, and Rosemary's Baby. Right. So uh, those are the remaining shouts on the Shockwaves 110 to go. Wow. Heartland I can't believe you've done 90. That's fucking awesome. Heartland towards single figures at a pace that can only be described as breakneck. <laughs> it can only be described as sluggish. <laughs> I was going to say, which can definitely be described in loads of other ways, more accurate ways than At the speed of most. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, so that was one down this week, which wow, I was quite well pleased done. with. Decent one. Moving yeah. on. They've once again been saying plenty and uh, nothing about this week's episode because we didn't have one. Uh, no, we didn't. Um, and obviously, we're uh, very much apologetic for that. But, but uh, yeah, we did have an extremely last-minute cancellation, like before, on the day, like on the day we were due to record, which was a little bit closer anyway to when we would normally like. Yeah, I was going to say I don't feel like we should lay the the blame at anyone's feet for that because no, no, we no, were a little bit not. sketch there no, no, too. No. But um, but yeah, I thought that we thought that rather than try and throw something together that might not be to the usual standard, thought that it might be better to just take a week to breather. Uh, and to be honest, I, I'm going to throw my hands up and say I've, I've welcomed it. I was going to say I, like, I, 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 I felt, I felt like you really didn't want to do it, and then when we came to the, when we came to the conclusion, that was the best thing to do. Well, I, I literally can't. just said, Mitch, do what you need to do. <laughs> just, um, just, if you do it, then I am kind of, I'm out of the decision making are you, process. Are, are you feeling suitably refreshed now? Well, no. <laughs> to be honest, oh I'm well, still extremely tired. Never mind. <laughs> that was an experiment that didn't quite pan out. Um, people were lovely about it, though, as you always are, and as we would expect. Because yeah, because you guys are great. Kevin Matthews, Salter Pumpkin, as <laughs> he currently is on Twitter, just uh, he liked the tweet and said, "Gave a like for the same reason I gave a like when you had editing issues. It's tough enough to keep a weekly schedule, let alone the main episodes and minisodes and bonus episodes. A week miss on occasion is allowed. We can all laugh about that. Exploding budgie another time. Yep, yep. Uh, Dave insert spooky pun here, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying uh, that's a shame but just gives me a chance to catch up with a little backlog I've accumulated uh, that's uh, deluxe underscore man by lovely way. thank you very much um, I've also got one here from Sheridan Knott uh-huh. I'm just saying that the episode on Freddy's Revenge should not be rushed Fair, yeah, fair, and we will be doing that at some point in the future. Like, we, we will definitely come back and do that yeah. without, without, without a doubt. Um, Andrew Marshall, semi pro geek on Twitter. The schedule you guys have managed to maintain is nothing short of incredible. So a single missed episode amidst everything you've achieved is to be celebrated rather than lamented. Your output is a twice weekly listening highlight, and anything you produce is worth the wait. That's oh, lovely. That is truly lovely. Thank you so much, Andrew. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've got Laura. Well, that's a good one. Uh, buying an LV saying, uh, break a leg, guys. I would have come this weekend, but McFractured Visions, yep. um, which, of course, is going on this weekend. Yeah, I hope everyone out uh, with that's having a good time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the wait for Elm Street 2 with Mitch will indeed be worth it. Lovely. Thank you very much. And heart eyes emoji. I do have a decent amount of stuff about the Wicker Man, <laughs> because obviously uh, this is, this is, it's not out in the world yet, but um, for the live show, you did choose to uh, make your case in defense of Neil LeBute's 2006 Wicker Man remake. I did, yeah. Um, and a few people got in touch about that. 
guests, including uh, Christopher Reeves uh, on Twitter. That's uh, Sh- Schadenfreudian. Right, sure. Lovely. Uh, is it bad that I've seen the remake but not the original? But, I mean, you're unburdened. That's the thing. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. It's almost interesting to have seen them out of sequence like Maybe. that. Maybe. You're, like, you're, you're unburdened with the knowledge of how amazing the original is. Yeah. So, in a way, I'm kind of envious of that because you have the opportunity now to revisit Robin Hardy's The Wicker Man and be blown away. Yeah. Because yeah. almost 50 years down the line, it still blows me away. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Christopher, when you do make time to watch the original, get back in touch. Yeah. Let us know how that played out. I've got Andrew Marshall again. Okay. Uh, saying, to quote a somewhat related work, oh God, oh Jesus Christ. I had a couple of things to that effect. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I made Andrew the spokesperson when I was probably the feedback, but yeah, a few people got in touch and made those jokes. Um, uh, film fan Stevie, uh, sadly it's not on either Amazon Prime or Netflix, otherwise I would experience the film again, followed by a line of B emojis. Um, <laughs> it's not on either of those things, that's correct, but if you do want to catch up with it before the episode airs, um, it is rentable on both YouTube and Google Play. Yes. Which yes, is where yes, I got yeah. it from. You can also buy it for five ninety nine on Google Play, which is actually what I did. <laughs> I already owned it. It's there forever. I've got one more in the Wicker Man. Okay. Caitlin, Scare sure, Cheapless. Yeah, yes, uh, properly yeah. listened to the Strong Violent PC episode and, uh, oh my God, Andy makes stuff. What have you done? I, I, I make no apologies. And she did say, in fairness, after that, she said, as an aside, this is actually a great choice. Well, I hope so. I hope the episode reflects that. Well, she was in the crowds. I hope she laughed. Yeah, yeah. She seemed to be having a good, she seemed to be having a good I'm time. I'm waiting for the tweet that goes... Was shy, actually. Yeah, this was not worth it. I've got something on the X-Files because I mentioned, um, as I've just mentioned a minute ago, and as I mentioned on last week's Minnesota, uh, in my fatherly fug, mm-hmm. um, which uh, kind of stems from being very much tired. I have been slogging my way through old X-Files episodes. Yeah, you spoke uh, you spoke at length about that last week and singled out a couple of episodes that you thought were worth a look from, I think, season five? From season yeah. five, yeah. Stuff that's just a little bit different. Okay. Um, that was a li- it's a little bit more quirky and a little bit more interesting. And Dark and Ghastly at Darren underscore Gaskill got in touch to say, I was hoping Andy Nake's stuff would mention the X-Files episode Bad Blood, and he did not disappoint. One of my very favourite episodes of the entire run, brilliantly written and frequently hilarious. The scene where Mulder is defending himself with two baguettes is priceless. <laughs> Excellent. Good That's stuff. a great episode. It really is. I only have one more thing. Okay. I've got uh, a couple of things. Okay. And it's Salted Popcorn one more time. Uh, just saying, not even halfway through the mini-sode of Strong Violent PC and now laughing at the thought of Andy stuff heading along to the cinema with his group of horror fannies. <laughs> that, that's what I do most of the time I go to festivals. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got some general niceness and oh, then cool. one other thing. And it's coming in from Mercer at Magic Mercer. About to listen to Minnesota 75 of Strong Violent PC. After this, I will have caught up 100%. Welcome to the 100% Club. Nice, yeah, nice. Small. Yes, yeah, definitely. I th- I like, uh, yeah, Kim Morrison. She's been, remember though, I was I was gunning for her because she'd been flagging. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I certainly, she, certainly she, she was up there. Yeah, um, but then she's obviously dropped out now. Oh, we don't know that for you sure. You don't stay in the 100% Club if you just stop listening. <laughs> Is there anyone else? There must be. But a new member this week. Yeah, I believe Paddy Murphy did it. Actually. Oh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how I'll get through my daily shifts at work now. I'm sure you'll find a way, and we will keep bringing you content. Yeah. Um, and the last thing, uh, don't want to dwell on this too much, Mitch, uh-huh. but it's Jesus Dildos. <laughs> this will not go away, I've got a feeling. No, it's going to be one of those things, isn't it? It's really Ron Mensal over again. Jesus Dildos is the new secret obsession. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we didn't have any feedback on Secret Obsession no. this week. It's been usurped by Jesus Dildo. It's certainly my secret, well, not my not so secret <laughs> obsession now. I've been Googling the fuck out of them. Jesus Dildo is your secret obsession. Wonderful. Uh, yes, go on. <laughs> Coming in from Hanny Ray. Ah, hello. Hanny underscore Ray. 
Uh, man, did I open my window to say hi to a colleague at the wrong time in the car park this morning. She probably thinks I'm into Jesus butt plugs now. I love it when stuff like this happens. Yeah, must learn to mute podcasts before entering reality. Fair, fair. Cautionary tale. Yeah, definitely not the point uh, in the the episode where you would want your uh, kind of headphones to unjack. I guess not. No, no, I suppose not. Uh, that all? Yeah, that leaves me uh, feed the back less. Same. Yeah. Well, not entirely. It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. The second one of these for today for me. I know, you must be pitched out. <laughs> pitched out my tree. Bummed out. I um, burned out on pitching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and any identifying text and leave only the image. <gasps> it will be my duty to describe the image to the best of my ability and where possible to give it an alternate title and synopsis based on the image alone. We Good will luck. put it all over social media as well so you guys can play along at home because you're much better at it than I am. Yes. This past week, we had The Legacy. We did. Uh, yeah, yeah, reappropriated yeah. by me as Nightmare Catwalk, the Fast and the Furious. Sure. Uh, a few people got in touch with things that were considerably funnier than that, so I'm going to read some of them for you now. <laughs> Please do. Uh, C.P. Buckley. When legitimately mad... <laughs> great start. When legitimately mad scientist Bonnie cares. <laughs> not even just like... <laughs> not even just that there's rumors of the madness. <laughs> it's not just an expression. <laughs> Certified. I love it. Starts to experiment with genetic fusion. She creates all manner of crazy creatures. After... <laughs> After she abducts aging hand model Cecilia Manifesta <laughs> and uh, fuses her hand with the head of a cat, somehow Cecilia's consciousness inhabits the whole creature and decides to seek revenge on her captor. Is 1982's B-movie classic The Hand That Rocked the Kitty? <laughs> Like that a lot. Uh, Ken Adawu, Danny Naylor, also yes. on Instagram. 1981's terrifying feline post-apocalyptic musical horror, Cat Fisto. <laughs> Uh, Doc Craig Fitness. Right, sure. Um, following his impeachment from political office, the now reclusive billionaire play granddad lives in growing fear of retribution from his dark and shady past. Starring the Academy Award winning overripe Tangerine and Tony nominated Thing from the Adams Family in this autumn's Halloween smash. It's the Trump revenge pick we've always wanted. The pussy grabs back. Oh, I like that. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Really like that. Elsewhere, few people getting in on Facebook and on Twitter as well. Uh, Hanny underscore Ray. Thing's new girlfriend's Halloween costume has the neighbours even more concerned than usual in the Adams family, the unlucky head and tail of Mrs. Mittens. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Gorehound Zombie Slee Yes, yes. yes. Uh, Michael Knight with a K. Oh, like Knight Rider? Possibly, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, a brief aside, by the way, I desperately wanted to be Michael Knight when I was younger to the extent that I made my mum buy me a little pair of tight jeans and a leather jacket. Excellent. Good, yeah, good, yeah. good. I'm just thinking it possibly is that because it's uh, it's kit with two T's. Oh, right, features okay. in this. Uh, Michael Knight wanted more chocolate with more fingers, but never bargained for this. In 1982's Kit Kat, Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Night with okay again. Like that plenty. Chris Salt. All blonde pictures on Twitter, but now currently Camp Chris Salt Lake. Brilliant. Love it. Dr. Jilly McGilvery is a leading authority on reconstructive surgery and has devoted her life to developing new experimental surgical procedures. The only thing she loves more than her work is her cat, Dudley. So when Dudley's critically injured after straying into traffic, she decides to take matters into her own hands, quite literally. Removing Dudley's crumpled body, she amputates one of her own hands and grafts it onto the next stump below his head to give him some degree of mobility. But the mind of a natural predator and the chillingly efficient hand of a surgeon make for a, dead, <laughs> make for a dangerous mix. <laughs> and it's not long before a deadly game of literal cat and figurative mouse ensues as Dudley sets out to wreak bloody vengeance on the motorist who wronged him. Featuring some of the ropiest creature effects ever committed to film is 1980's <laughs> Hell in a Hand Cat. 
<laughs> I just think that that is marvelous. Yeah, I yeah, love very good. that. Uh, excellent to meet Chris today. Uh, yeah, very yeah. nice to meet Chris today. Yeah, very, very nice. Um, uh, James Plum, Roger Moore's ill-advised return to the Bond franchise, 2008's Finger Pussy. <laughs> Kevin Matthews, when she is driven mad by the mice in her home, lonely spinster Wendy Clock Strikes One <laughs> picks up a guaranteed rodent death dealer at a shop run by the mysterious trader Gene Genie. It looks ineffective being a wristwatch with a massive cat face on the front of it. But once Wendy falls asleep, it's a case of quiet whiskers in the night as the spirit of the watch hunts down the rodents and deals with them accordingly. But mice are not enough. It needs more. Will Wendy soon realize that she has too much time on her hands? Great. Will she figure out where the huge furballs are coming from? Yes, the tick-tock of the kitty clock never stops as the claws don't pause in the 1982 supernatural cult classic, Hickory Dickory Shock. People are killing it today. These are fucking great. Really great. Yeah, these are good. And uh, Tony Constantine, uh, to finish, when partially sighted professional ballroom dancer Catherine Finger accidentally <laughs> practices the bolero over a sacred Welsh burial ground, she awakens the next day to find herself inexplicably transmorgified into a bizarre half-cat finger mutant. <laughs> now with the Aberyst with spicy dance finals just 12 <laughs> hours away. <laughs> It's up to Catherine's dance partner and amateur Welsh history expert Eric Friendhol to undo this <laughs> catastrophe before their big performance in 1983's BAFTA-nominated Once More with Feline, the cursed dance of cat finger limbs. <laughs> That's your lot. Right, well, uh, I'm not going to give it to a character name this week. I'm going to give it to the Aberyst with Spicy Dance Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> That's reasonable. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of that also. And uh, best uh, pitch to Kevin Matthews. Kevin Matthews, Hickory Dickory Shock. Yes. Um, yeah, no problem with that. Congratulations, everyone. You win nothing. Um, <laughs> an exceptionally high standard this week. Yeah, um, excellent work, really, everyone. Excellent. Really, really great. So I guess it's my turn. Yes, it is. Are you ready? Yes, hit me. Here it is. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, decent amount going on here. <laughs> uh, no border to this image. The background is white. Uh, the, foref- the foreground of the image is uh, a crib. Yeah. Uh, a wooden crib. <laughs> Patterned wood paneling. <laughs> um, uh, inside the crib, there appears to not be a baby, but what would be what looks like an adult-sized human man. Um, there, I'm saying a man. I don't know, but uh, yeah, there are two legs. Uh, you can kind of see from the from the knee down, kind of the shin and foot of each one protruding over the sides, and uh, one hand is sticking out the side of it. Um, the left, as we're looking at it, and that hand is brandishing a hatchet. Yes. In the background, there is a voluptuous blonde woman in a negligee. Uh, she is looking kind of sideways in a kind of uh, seductive stance while holding a stuffed bear? <laughs> a stuffed animal of some kind. Um, so yes, uh, that's it. A- attractive, scantily clad blonde lady holding a stuffed animal stands by as a dead body um, festers in crib. Sure. I will need but a moment. Yes. <laughs> I just want to take a minute to say how lovely it is to be back at Sound Screams doing this here. Yes, uh, it is tremendous. I also really like the. I, I really enjoy doing the mini-sode in this room after it's empty as well. I find it very relaxing. Yeah, yeah, it's nice and relaxing. We don't have the. I was going to say the pressures of home. <laughs> but I guess it's kind of true. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I think I have this, and by have this, I mean I think I have something that's totally wrong. Okay, I'd be amazed if you had the deal on it. Could you imagine? It'd be so weird. Right, okay, here we go. 
It's the summer of 1977 and a sleepy town is in the throes of a uniquely horrific crime wave. A madman, factually inaccurately dubbed by the press as the kindergarten killer, is slaughtering entire families and kidnapping their youngest child but not killing them. Okay. <laughs> However, he's about to get more than he bargained for when he attempts to break into the home of single mother, would-be ingenue and jiu-jitsu specialist Madeline Chopham. <laughs> he thinks it's a simple hit, but his long night is just beginning. It's 1980s Rock'em Sock'em Chop'em. <laughs> Can you tell I'm a wee bit tired today? I don't know how you got all that, but <laughs> okay. There's yeah, some, some pretty heavy extrapolation going on. Right, sure, yes. Okay, hit me. You're wrong. Of course. What year did you say? 1980. <laughs> Again, uh, I have to ask the question, Mitch. Uh, what about this poster made you think that it was 1980? I know, I know, I know. Um, I no, need to start factoring that into my reasoning more. The, the year is 1972. Okay. And the film is The Baby. The Baby. Yeah. What's it about? Yeah. Uh, Synopsisizer this week on IMDb, Brian J. Wright. Okay, Brian. Here we go. A social worker who recently lost her husband investigates the strange Wadsworth family. The Wadsworths might not seem too unusual to hear about them at first, consisting of the mother, two grown daughters, and the diaper-clad bottle-sucking baby. As they often are. The problem is, the baby is 21 years old. (laughs) What? (laughs) The baby. Wow. Okay. Okay, is it any good? It's okay. There's an amazing Blu-ray out from Arrow just now. Oh, really? Yeah. I love it, yeah. Uh, An exceptionally bold Blu-ray from Arrow Video for a film like this. (laughs) (laughs) They often are, aren't they? I love that. I love that. I love love that things that are that crazy get those kinds of releases. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, I guess that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. That image is everywhere. It is, yes, yes. So uh, get pitching. We love hearing from you. Quick look then at the streaming platforms for this week. Okay. Now, uh, I want to touch on something really quickly. So Amazon Prime first. Uh, not too much going on here apart from weekly episodes again of Mr. Robot the Purge. Yes. Um, Sky Cinema. Now, uh, this is actually technically last week. By the time this airs, this will be out there. But Anna and the Apocalypse has premiered on Sky what? this week. So uh, perfect for Halloween and perfect for Christmas. Get it watched. It's fucking great. And John McPhail was a lovely man. He was going to be my uh, one of my road trip buddies down here, but has been summoned away on official business to Switzerland. That is that's a good reason to not be coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's uh, spy business. Uh, oh, but if, if he's being super vague and evasive about it, then it won't be. Yeah. I have got no, like, no choice but to conclude that that's what's going on. If it's not spy business, it's chocolate or watches. Yep, yep, that's, yep, exactly, exactly. Uh, also on Sky Cinema, uh-huh. uh, obviously we had the packages that we talked about last week, they're still there. Uh, on Halloween, uh, something from Fright Fest from a couple of years ago that I really enjoyed. Let me just say, Halloween is my birthday. Now, is this going to be something that I'm going to go, that's a nice little birthday present, or is it something I'm going to go, Ugh. I don't know if it'll be for you or not. I don't, I'm going to hazard a guess that you haven't seen it, because okay. you weren't at Fright Fest that year, but it's a terror of all Hallows Eve. No, I haven't. Uh, but uh, after being beaten up by school bullies, a teenage boy develops such an intense yearning for revenge that he unwittingly summons up a vengeful supernatural force. This sounds very silly, and to a certain degree it is, but it is fun, and the kind of supernatural force that's mentioned here is really, really good. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I actually I had a lot of fun with that film. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I would I would recommend it. I think it's I think it's really good. So that's on Sky Cinema from the thirty first. Uh, Shudder. So you've got as we discussed uh, episode six of Creepshow that's coming on Thursday. Also on the 29th, which is Tuesday. I did say that a reasonably big festival title was coming. I didn't say if it was good or not. Okay. And uh, Nightmare Cinema. Oh, well, uh, I mean, we saw it here last year. Yeah, I do not care for this film. Nor do I. Uh, but five strangers watch their deepest and darkest fears play out before them in an abandoned theatre as a projectionist plays upon their souls with his collection of disturbing films. Projectionist played here by Mickey Rourke. Yeah, um, yeah, looking insane. Yeah, but that's coming there from the 20th. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. That's there from the 29th. Um, Netflix has a bunch of really interesting stuff. Uh, October 30th, we have season one of Bring It On, Ghost. A co- <laughs> 
soul. A college student with psychic abilities takes in an amnesiac ghost as his roommate, who ends up helping him hunt down spooky spirits. That sounds fucking brilliant. So that's there. Um, and November 1st, we've got season one of Brotherhood. An honest lawyer reaches a moral crossroads after the cops force her to inform on her incarcerated brother, the leading of a rising crime faction. Also, November 1st, season one, We Are the Wave. A mysterious classmate leads four idealistic teens into a revolt against the rising tide of nationalistic fervor, but their movements take a dark turn. Ooh. That sounds pretty good. And also, November 2nd, Vox Lux. All right, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. after, as a teenager, Celeste rockets to pop stardom after a school shooting, which feels like a weird way to word that. Um, <laughs> y- years later, preparing for a landmark concert pushes her to the edge. Uh, you've got Natalie Portman in there, and honestly, the synopsis reminds me a little bit of Black Swan. Uh, okay. So I'm curious to take a look at that. So that's Vox Lux. That's about it from the streaming platforms this week. I'm going to say Terror of Hallow's Eve from a pick this week. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I like it. I think, it's, I, I think it's good fun, and it would be fun Halloween viewing, I think, as well. Excellent. So uh, this is really easy. Let's turn our attentions to this week's show. Um, yeah, uh, let's do that very thing. I just want to quickly mention one thing. Okay. Um, something that we are about to, well, not about to do it today, but we will be doing it very, very soon. Uh, there is a new facility added to Podbean, yes. our home, our host, uh, where we can actually live podcast. Yeah. Um, you guys can engage and message in when mm-hmm. we live podcast, and then we can download it and release it as a normal episode. Um, that's something I'd be really keen to do. It's something I'd be really keen to do with some of the formats that we tossed around previously, like doing a commentary on mm-hmm. something. Um, so I think that's something that we're going to look at and probably do. But it's just to gauge whether or not you would, you guys would want to listen live if the opportunity presented itself. Yeah. Be keen to know if that is an idea that had legs or not. Yeah, and I think that in that, I mean, for as much as like that sounds like a cool idea, it is down to you guys whether or not that's something that would work. Yeah, because if, if it's going to be the case where we do a live thing and nobody's kind of listening live, that would be just as well recording just it as a doing an episode. An episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so let us know. Get in touch about that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah for now, this week. Yes. So, uh, no big surprise. No, uh, there's no, there's no real fancy way to uh, do a reveal here. We will. It's going to be the live one, the yep. one that we just recorded. Yes, indeed, that will be the live episode from Celluloid Screams, where I tell you why the Wicker Man is better than you remember. Yep, that Wicker Man. <laughs> yep, that Wicker Man. That 2006, Wicker Man. Nicolas Cage with big teeth. Uh, yeah. So that'll be hitting your feeds Friday at midnight. Of course. Yes. And uh, if you want to talk to us about that, and loads of you have already, so thank you for that. Um, there are loads of ways to get in touch. You can get us on Facebook and Instagram or Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can also email Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com. Yes, of course. And our website is there, um, strongviolentpod.com. You can go on there and keep your eyes peeled for other upcoming live dates because we might have some in the next couple of months. Yeah, we're looking at it. We're hoping to kind of ramp these up a little bit more and do more of them than we have done or certainly do them more often than we have done yeah yeah um so we're going to look into doing that so that information will be on there also our tea public there are two new designs on there as i promised yeah you did you and delivered. you mocked me and you scoffed and they're there and we've sold quite a few yeah i think that like finally doing a logo tea is served as well so thank <laughs> yeah, you to everybody really. who's been picking up those uh this week i uh, very much appreciate it yeah and obviously you can find all the other information that you might want to know um mm-hmm. on there and a big thank you to all of you for listening and a big shout out to Podbean for uh, just being all around good eggs. Yep, and whatever you're listening, please, please, we say it all the time, but please just take a minute to drop us off a like or a review or some stars. And yeah, um, I've been digging into that this week and uh, yeah, some people are just exceptionally lovely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've seen, some, we've seen some, uh, some really encouraging stuff this week. Yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah, so um, a big thank you to all of you for that. And yeah, if you want to take a minute to interact with us in that way, that would be lovely. Yes, please. If you uh, would also rather not do that, then no one is going <laughs> to force you. 
We will be back on Friday with the live one from Celluloid Screams where Andy talks the Wicker Man with us, that Wicker Man. That Wicker Man. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 